I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. So every investor's journey is different. This week, we're going to break down the investor's evolution, where they start and where they end and where they can go. And I'm honored to be joined once again by the one and only Mr. Chris Mariquin. Stay tuned. This is going to be a great show, everybody. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is another episode of Firestarters. It's been a while. It really has been a while. Last time we did this was a few weeks back at that Jurassic conference. Yeah, I thought you like completely just bailed on the podcast. It's man. just vacation. Okay, it's just vacation after a big conference. I need a little time to to kind of go to my prayer closet and figure some things out. Yeah, well, it's just, it's difficult coming up with that content, man. It doesn't just come out of thin air, does it? Well, kinda. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It doesn't. We, we th- give this thing a lot of thought. And frankly, what we try to do is bring the content that we've been kind of feeling and, and seeing and living with our own, you know, just living on our own uh, to, the, to you guys, because it's, it's real. We, we're, a, we're a bank mm-hmm. and we're seeing a lot of different things. And these things that we're seeing mean a lot to the, to the people listening to this, because those are the people who are investing in real estate. So yep. yeah, we don't, we don't just come up with this stuff. We actually do have a plan with what we're talking about. And today's plan is a fantastic one for two reasons. One, Because we're talking about the evolution of the investor. The investors don't always start as multimillionaires. The investors don't always start as the the risk taker that will stop um, at nothing, you know, to, to, to succeed. The investors always start somewhere and there are several stops along the way to get there. That's one reason I'm excited. The other reason I'm excited, Sean, look at you. The other reason I'm excited. Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. In the studio today. We have a very special guest. It is Chris, the Colonel Maraquin. Yeah. You know, bring in the content. I thought they 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 took all the content down from those websites. Yep, but <laughs> I guess they didn't. Well, uh, we, not if you get on the dark web. You can find just. <laughs> He's about got the little four hundred four when you click on it. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's that's Chris's content. Yeah, guys, Chris Maraquin, the man, the myth, the uh, a hole. Just kidding. The baddest hard money lender in the entire state of Texas is here in the studio with us because he's also in the office right next door. So <laughs> welcome, my friend. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking to all of my loyal listeners. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> what is this, your third third episode, Chris? Yep. Hopefully he picks up one more. Yes. That's enough. You know what? It is enough, dude. If you could, if you could touch one person. Oh, careful. I'd say once was enough, actually, but that's just me. No, we're going to try to do it every... Let's see. Maybe he could Maybe he could be a little bit more of a permanent fixture. I. Well, he's going to have to be because I don't really have much to talk about. I know. So. You might as well mute yours, Sean, so we yeah. can just kind of get to business Why do I, here. Who gave me a microphone? 
<laughs> you know, that's a good question. <laughs> Nobody knows. Actually, it was you. So let's you jump blame in. Blame yourself. We, um, we let Sean talk because we needed to fill some time. Today, we don't need to fill any time. Today, we need to jump right into the content. And, and let's just talk about it today. A little, little bit of a conversation. Everybody knows who Chris is. If you're listening, you've heard him. If you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to some of these other ones. In particular, I, I challenge or, or ask you guys to go listen to the one, con- the one podcast that we released called The Nine People Who Prefer Private Lending. The reason I say to listen to that is because we're going to talk about just about all of those people today because those people evolve over time, meaning there are different people at different stages in their life, in their career, you name it, that are investing in real estate. Some people are just getting in. Some people are comfortable in their little in their niche. Some people are looking to grow to the next level. Some people are looking to scale to a whole new level of business operations. And all nine of those people are covered in that one episode. And that episode is one that Chris was on. So definitely listen to that because we're about to touch on it. So Chris, let's talk about what we call community development today. That's the furthest end of the of the real estate investment spectrum, if you ask us. Is that where you bring a bunch of people together to live in harmony? <laughs> Chris? In community? Well, can you turn off his mic? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the origin of bringing people together to live in harmony yeah, because, well because that is where it starts. Um, but it's as far as we've gone into the abyss that is real estate investing, which we define community development for everyone listening. That is more than four units, more than four single family units. Correct. So a five pack of townhomes, a small multifamily, um, a little subdivision, 20 something units. Correct. Yeah. Usually, I guess one of the big differences is that you're actually having to to create infrastructure to support the units that you're putting up, which is a big difference because that is a whole new set of permitting, job site management, engineering, et cetera, et cetera. So it is, a, it is absolutely the, the next step in real estate investing from spec builds. Yeah. So let, let's, let's actually take it all the way up to okay. the front now. So that was a great explanation. Community development, five or more units, typically something where there is an infrastructure component, something where you're going to have to develop a raw piece of dirt and turn it into the next community, be it a little multifamily, whatever, like you said. But every real estate investor, a lot of real estate investors that we talk to, that's where they want to go. I mean, it's like, how do we make the most money? Where do you capitalize the most here? Where do you, where do you get the highest returns, the highest spreads, the highest yields, whatever? It's like you build a lot of houses. You, you flip a lot of houses, whatever. That's where you make the most. But look, not, not every investor could start there. Generally speaking, most investors cannot start there for a number of reasons. Most investors start small ball, right? They enter the space. And if you're listening, you've probably already started here and you're, you're somewhere on this journey. You're probably beyond the, I'm going to get started flipping a house. Okay. And somewhere between that and I'm going to go and build 28 townhouses in the center of, you know, my, it's somewhere in the central business district, district of the city I live in. So they start flipping a house. That's kind of the, the first step. And what we talked about, like those nine people that, you know, prefer hard money or private lending. That first person is a freshman kind of jumping right into the, the ecosystem. They're like, I'm ready to do this thing. Let's flip a house. Why it's important that we talk about the evolution of the investor um, is because if they stay there forever, that means they didn't have any success. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. They, there is a caveat. Let me say this. They could scale their business there. You know, they could do a hundred flips, 
But generally speaking, they're looking for bigger profits, bigger takes, and they they move on beyond that. So the first person is the, is the fix and flip. Let's get into our first new deal. Maybe talk a little bit about the personality of that person that jumps in and kind of paint the picture because that person starts there, but eventually becomes the person that's building 20 something units. Right. So even, even the guys that, that have the capacity, I would call, I would say that have that capacity. So let's, let me, let me start there to be a developer or to be even a successful real estate investor who scales a business they're coming in with a certain work capacity. And we all know there are, there are people that have you know different ambitions, people that want to work more and less. Pedigree. A pedigree. Yep. Correct. So even the guys who have the highest pedigree and there were, you know, they were an engineer, they were an attorney, they were whomever at a, in a different life, they they usually start with one house, right? Whether it's a a small fix and flip, a rental, or or they, they don't go straight into developing neighborhoods. Absolutely not. So a fix and flip investor is anyone who's who's getting their feet wet, right? They're learning the ropes. It's um and it, and they come from all walks of life. It can be a general contractor who's who's built a few homes but never managed their own money through the project, which is which is a there's a big difference between being paid to to fix up a house and actually purchasing a house, improving it, and selling it while carrying debt from someone else. Oh, yeah. um, Very different person, actually. The person who knows how to build but doesn't necessarily operate the business, the investment. Right. So they all start here. You flip a house. You get your feet wet. You understand how it works. When you've mastered that, you move on. So a fix and flip investors, they're, they're t- and, and maybe they love it, and some people do have a passion for, for fixing up old houses, and, and they fall into that, you know, I'm going to flip houses forever dynamic and that's great but the guys that eventually become developers master that skill and move up so let's talk a little bit about the size and scope of these things because that's another part of the graduation process so a fix and flip the economics on those deals i mean they they come in all shapes and sizes but the gen- let's talk to the general kind of population for just a moment what is a what's a fix and flip look like when when you first get into the business when you're actually operating the business at a, at a nice clip when you're actually killing it um, you're doing a certain type of property, a certain type of project. How much money are these people making on these one-off projects? They're they're making a good return, but it's it's limited because because you're doing one single-family property, right? So it, they're making a thirty percent return would be fantastic. Okay, let me let me say this. There, I was I was kind of searching for this, but the truth of the matter is, you're also about to replace kind of tired inventory. You're about to recycle a property back into the ecosystem, into the you know the consumer ecosystem. The one thing about property that already exists, even in the case of the most distress, you know, distress comes in all shapes and sizes: divorce, death, you know, whatever. I can't think of it. Taxes, I don't know, whatever the hell. All this distress, um, that property holds its value pretty well if it's just a little tired. So squeezing profit out of that thing is a little bit harder. So you're, you're out there squeezing profit and they're, they're nice returns. Like you said, 30%, and that might equate to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in profit on a deal, which is nothing to, you know, nothing to, you, you can't be ashamed sneeze of that. Nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually fantastic. But when you're looking to make bigger rips, because it took you a year to do that, you know, let's talk about the evolution. You do more. That's one way. But one thing that a lot of our clients have done, once they've mastered that, they've understood the way to, to work on crews because they've created this, 
kind of next level of I don't know these systems. If they have you will. a system, yeah. Yeah, they've created these systems, and, and they understand construction. A lot of our guys jump right into spec home building because, like, I've done twenty of these things, and they're giving me a nice little spread, but I can't find enough of them that give me the spread that I want. So, how else do I do? Do I do that? I create spread through building, and that's where you see people like take it from a, you know, X to two X. Wouldn't you say? Yes, right. So you can put, and, and then there's also the market that forces them to evolve. You know, you can only pay so much for this mm-hmm. for this inventory, and is, is it a seller's market or is it a buyer's market? So at some point, they're pushed into becoming the next evolution or the next stage of a real estate investor. You got to pivot. Mm-hmm. You got to pivot. I mean, let's talk about it right now. It's May, it's June 2019, and not to date the show for the next 10 years, but it is June 2019, and, and everybody who's in the real estate investment industry knows that those fix and flips are getting a little bit harder to come by. They're getting skinny. They're getting stepped on. There's not a whole lot of juice on these deals. Doesn't mean that there's not a market out there, but there's so much attention being paid on those. And there's so little inventory that honestly, if you're the one that's getting them, good, good on you. But the fact of the matter is there's not that many. There's too many people in the space saturating our market, trying to grab them. And as a result, it's driving up prices. It's lowering spreads. So what does a smart investor do? build a spec and, and I'm, we're seeing a ton of success there right so evolve right learn how to do how to build a spec learn how to create more value with with the resources that you have so expand what you can how you can create value and that's by adding square footage going ground up adding more value it's funny as i look at you say evolve i remember your first few deals if you think of the your your evolution as a as a lender you weren't doing these $10 million mixed use properties in the middle of Austin, Texas, no, but seven, eight years ago. It felt like I was, <laughs> it was heavy lifting, but it was a couple hundred grand. Cause I was, I was looking at a flip and thinking, what the hell is what that? What is this thing? <laughs> what is it? was, it was like a Rubik's cube. I remember seeing him there. just like his head going crazy. And it was a $150,000 loan. Um, I think it was 135,000 actually. Yeah. Just round down, yep. round up. I um, but you know what though, you you did that. You got a few of those out of your system. Essentially, you perfected it, and because you perfect it, doesn't mean you move on. But you realize that there was a point that where you needed to evolve for for a couple of reasons. And, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so you could you could correct me here. But one reason is because, like I said, that little space got saturated. It's like now, for I have to I have to do ten times the work to get that same deal. One, so that's there's a problem there. Okay, and then the other thing is like, or I could do half the work and do something twice as big and see more economics for me, for the company, for my clients, you name it. Right. Right. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, real estate investors are problem solvers. So a lot of the ones that, that just, that see black and white kind of see the writing on the wall, which is I need to maximize profit. Therefore I will do whatever I can to maximize profit. So how do you do that? By building as much as you can at the highest possible value. Yeah. I dude, you know, I was, we were Sean, well, you were at the the conference a few months back at the Jurassic conference in Dallas. And we were talking to real estate investors from all over the country and a, and a bunch of lenders from all over the country. And there was this one kind of overarching theme all weekend. The, the theme and the theme was real. It was kind of hard to hear because like, ugh, is that, is that where we're at? But the theme was, there's just not enough deal flow. And I was like, okay, at what level? Fix and flips? They're like, nope. New construction? Nope. This? Nope. There's just not enough deal flow. I was like, damn. 
we've gotten there. We, have, we as investors, have saturated the market. That's not necessarily true, however. But we have, we have gotten to a point where there's just so much kind of movement and commotion and money and this and that and the other that it's the deals are a little bit harder to come by. And you know what I was what I was finding out? And you said investors are problem solvers. Real estate investors are problem solvers. We feed off of that real estate investor ecosystem as lenders, right? So we we have to be problem solvers to help those guys kind of to clear the path for those people to go and do something. And what I heard from them was we need to band together and figure out deal flow. So it's like it's almost like a responsibility or a mandate on us as lenders to help them define uh, just create deal flow. But what I mean by that is they evolve, we evolve. We need to evolve right now in real time. The industry needs to evolve and create deal flow. And that's not brute force, man. That is that is putting your, you know, that is figuring it out. Creativity. Creativity, absolutely, which leads me to the next thing. You can't do any single family home fix and flips. Okay. You're not getting the spreads you used to get. Okay. You can't do any spec homes. Okay. You can't get the spreads you used to get on the spec homes. Okay. So what next? And that brings me to what we were talking about. Community development. So, so break, break that down a little bit, man. Tell them what, uh, what the hell that means and how it, how it kind of comes to fruition from, from what we like to call from trees to keys. Got it. So let's see, I'm going to preface everything that I talk about with, um, I'm not an attorney, <laughs> I'm not an attorney, <laughs> a doctor, um, very intelligent. Well, just that it, it, you know, not everyone can do this because, yes. because it is the, it is an expert's field. So, um, this isn't to say that not everyone can be a real estate investor. I think a lot of people can and can have success with it and freedom, all that, all the good things. But, um, when, when we work with, with the guys that are, that are doing and gals and we have, oh yeah. um, in it's, fact, shout out to the, to the ladies. It was some of the best development deals we have are are female clients. Correct. Yeah. Whether it's in and the flippers too. I love uh, by, they're they're by easier far. to work with. I promise you that. But um, it to be a developer, do you do you, you? I asked a couple of guys before I came on today. Like, how did you know when you know what was the the moment when you knew you were a developer? And three out of four said you know, they already knew it was, it wasn't a moment. It was, I'm going to get my reps and then, and then take my shot. Okay. So I'm, I am practicing to get into the show. Yep, exactly. I'm I'm building my network. I'm creating my team. And then of course, when the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to jump on it. So they, you know, in the, in the nine people who prefer hard money, I think I, we meant, we made a mention that they weren't born developers, but what you just said, they kind of were. It's like this was this is this is always going to be the case. Or they may not have been born developers, but that was always a goal for them from the very beginning. It's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you those those people who get there, you you said it too. I mean, it's this is where the experts play. You don't you can be an expert in your own field, but this is a next level expert, but the the next level includes something that we don't talk about too often when we're talking kind of broad strokes, but it, it includes financial capacity. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. You're flipping a $150,000 house. That's one thing. You're building a $350,000 spec. That's another thing. You're building 40, $250,000 houses. That's a different field. That's a different league. It's a different league. Okay. So they were, they were prepping. They were taking their practice swings to make sure that they could kind of dial everything in and boom, it's right. Re- they're ready, but they're ready. Not only by way of expertise, uh, preparation, but it's financial capacity. 
it's it's financial capacity and um, and uh, I think it's also expertise, mm-hmm. right? So they they have enough uh, know how to know what they don't know and let and let and either pay or let their team do it. Mm-hmm. So all of these guys, we've never seen someone come in soup to nuts and have an engineer, an architectural firm, a horizontal contractor, a vertical contractor, a marketing team, and a sales team under one roof. Those guys may exist. Maybe that's KB, you know? Sure. Uh, but but where we play, which is infill development, um, they don't they don't really exist. They, it, what, what does it look like? What is the organizational structure? Is it one guy who's just a maniac and is going to win? Well, it's um, it's one guy who does something really well. And that what they do really well is actually uh, that can be different. So there's there's what I would call the deal guy, you know, the guy that can identify the opportunity and then hire the team around him. Um, you know, the engineer is is a similar version mm-hmm. of that, but they're but they're a little bit more like a coach. The engineer um, is. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I can see them calling some shots. Mm-hmm. And they and they put they put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. You know, they make sure everything's efficient. They, they see a puzzle, they know the steps, they found out every step, and they optimize efficiencies within those steps. And the deal guy doesn't act like that? No, the deal guy just finds the deal that is that can't lose. Mm. And, and that is a version of expertise. Hell yeah, it is. And it's invaluable. So um, we work with both. Depending on the market, kind of where you're at in the market, that might be the most valuable. Right, you know, in a down market, the deal is the most valuable thing. That man, that's that's actually pretty heavy to say that out loud. In a down market, the deal is the most important thing. Remember, three, four weeks ago, they were saying to us at this event, deal flow. Well, that's what I, you know, look, they were, and sure, wow. yes, they were saying that. Uh, we we're fortunate enough to have enough um, very good real estate investors in our team. Uh, to not have to worry about deals as much, but my guys trade deals. All of my clients, male or female, <laughs> if they have a deal that they can't do, they know who to talk to because I can I can plug them right into it. Who each do they other. talk to? They talk to me. If you want chicken, you call the colonel. <laughs> That's what they say. Oh, Chris the Colonel Maraquin. <laughs> so, well, dude, I um. I, I, we don't need to land this. We could talk about this forever, but I, I do think we need to t- dive in a little bit more into the psychology of this person because. Yes, you need to innovate. You need to you need to almost identify the fact that it's either time to jump, or because because I've I was born for this. I was going to make this jump, or it's like things are changing and I need to do something different. One of those two paths. Those are the two paths essentially to becoming that next level investor, the expert level community developer. You need to have some type of proof of concept though you right we've we've already talked about that you can't just jump right in to the deep end and expect to s- swim that's just never going to happen in this game there are people who train and if you train that's that's a different beast but generally speaking we get our training in the real world obviously all those things will get you to the expertise level that you need and then of course it doesn't work if you don't have the financial capacity so those there's two ways to get there and then you need a couple of tools you need training you need success and you need capacity. The people that succeed in this business have that. So let's talk a little bit about them. Let's maybe talk about some projects you've got going on. Let's maybe talk about how you help people get these projects, you know, financed and off the ground. 
Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Well, and the, that's the one thing you know, that we don't talk about, and it's definitely tooting our own horn, but there are a lot of guys that have the capacity that just don't know about us because we're a pretty niche lender, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are guys that work with banks, and they're limited in what they can do because the bank limits them, and, and they don't they don't want to split profits with someone who wants to give someone half for, you know, one-tenth of the work. That's where we come in. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard place to, to, to live, yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe I need to... Maybe I need to dial that back and explain what I mean, but um, it's really it's the developers that come to us and have success are happy that they found us because our value proposition is leverage. Our value proposition is that we'll invest more in them than a bank would. It is it is a tough place for most people, especially when they've gotten accustomed to quote unquote quasi easy money. I mean, we call it hard money, but hard money actually serves a purpose. I mean, let's just be real. We give a little bit more than, than the banks. In fact, we give a lot more. We are a little bit more expensive. It's easy to obtain. It's process is quicker. Yeah. All those yeah. things are easy. Um, but when, when you've gotten accustomed to that and then you go to somebody, it's like, Hey, let's do this deal. And it's like, okay, I'll take 50% of the profit. It's like, hell no, that, that's a hard, a hard place to start. And then you go to the bank and the bank gives you these ridiculous restrictions, this red tape, all this kind of bureaucratic bank BS. Um, in a, in a weird way, hard money exists between a bank and a, and a hard place. If you stop and think about it, that wasn't meant to be like a slogan or anything, but we really do. We, we, we bridge the gap between the partner and the bank. Wouldn't you say? Right. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds if you get the right system or the right setup. And, and the right setup typically comes with a little bit of, of, proof of concept you got to prove yourself in this game right so so the mindset you know i think it's um i think it's there's a lot of confidence you know and i think that comes with proof proof of concept um and it's um you you have to have confidence whenever you're whenever you're doing any of these projects because Mm -hmm. no matter who you work with you have a, a limited window there's holding costs there's construction costs, there's managing salaries, employees, trades, the yeah. entire spectrum of, of a project. We, we have some guy that works with us. Uh, his name is John. And he, uh, he basically oversees our projects after closing. He's, he's our construction controls, you know, and John, I'm sorry, I don't know your title, but it's construction controls overseer and, you know, and badass. And, um, and we have an underwriting model or motto here at the office. We call it the five C's. We've talked about the five C's, I believe. If we haven't, we'll, we'll talk about them soon. Five C's, five things. Sean, you haven't spoken in a while. I'm going to ask you, what are the five C's? I'm going to make a point here, but what are the five C's? Cash, character. Ooh, it's been a while since I've been asked this question. Oh, oh Lord. Cookies. <laughs> um... Chris, bring it home, man. Coca-Cola. It, it's it's definitely not charisma. <laughs> not in my case. No, is, look, it, is it the colonel? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, let's hear it, man. That's the, that's the other C right there. Yeah. Chris. Cash. Cash. Well, let's from you went from the top down. Go top down, yeah. The collateral. Number one. Collateral is the most important, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Credit. That's one I was forgetting. Credit Teamwork. is important. Okay, that's it wouldn't, it's not the number two, no. but since he's just throwing out words, yeah. 
Where does cookies go? Hey, that should be number one. I got a brother too. <laughs> so collateral. Number two. What what would you call number two? Wait. Um. I uh, let's see. I would say cash. Yeah. It's yeah. it is. It's the one that kind of. That moves the needle. If, if collateral is not too strong, but if this is it, cash, kind of erases but, everything. But you know what I was struggling with? Mm. It was actually character, but maybe that's my my interpretation of it. Uh, that's a really important one right now, though. Well, it's, it's also just the industry. It's this, you know, and goddamn whoever. Oops. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oops. Um, no. Hey, this is a podcast. There's no fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this, this podcast is brought to you by Jameson today, ladies and gentlemen. Not, not God. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, Lord. Um, I guess I was, I was just cursing whoever named Hard Money because that's just... It's garbage. It's just annoying. Yeah. Um, so character for me is pretty important because we take a lot of risks on people. Yeah. And we got to read those guys because everyone, you know, the good deals are hard to find and they're really hard to see. You can be fooled, you mm -hmm. know? So you've got collateral, you've got cash, you just said character. And and then you and then yeah, your your brother over here said credit. 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 Yeah. And then of course, uh, credentials. Credentials is the other one. It's like you've done this before. So the five C's in in order of of in hierarchy. Collateral, okay? Cash, credentials, Character, credit. Those are the five seeds. So I was talking to you about John, our fill-in-the-blank uh, loan servicing, supervising. Um, he's just a badass. He just helps our clients get deals across the finish line. Once they start construction, he helps them finish it. Shout out to John. Absolutely. You know what he told me? We should really consider a sixth C because when the going gets tough, and these people that we're talking about here all have this, when the going gets tough, you absolutely positively need confidence. You can't face adversity without confidence in this game because God forbid you buckle, that's the end of your project every single time. You need confidence to break through. Isn't that kind of part and parcel with character, Of though? course you would do that. Yeah. I was trying to make a point there. Well, I was on my horse. Yeah, just... You know, I got to mess you up a little bit. Goodness. I was just trolling you, though. But it was it was a good one. He, he had a couple of other Cs in there um, that were pretty pretty strong, but it was like the, the, con the concept... God bless. Everything's a C now. The concept of confidence is is real i mean you really just picture somebody who who's just afraid to take the next shot where's that project gonna go it, it, down the drain and if you're trying to get a loan it doesn't hurt if you bring us cake <laughs> so is that the seventh c <laughs> i believe so i believe so we'll keep going chris um how do you help these people with a loan you're doing a 10 million dollar or so deal here in town in the next couple of weeks it's a I mean, it's a trophy. We're not going to necessarily disclose the name and the location, but it's a trophy. Um, your clients are going to realize a, a return that we've never seen before, numbers that we have never seen before. And uh, we're looking at it on our pipeline. We've never seen numbers like that before. It's a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing in so many ways. It's like, we're, we're going to be happy. The clients are going to be happy. The community's going to win. I mean, there's going to be 50 something units or 50, 40 something units, whatever the number was, 40 brand new units in the best part of town, ground floor retail, everybody's going to be winning. Um, how do you, how do you structure that deal, man? How does that, how do you go from concept to cash? Carefully. Oh Lord. 
<laughs> I saw the gears turning over there while you were talking. <laughs> Do you see I'm turning my head? Because nothing is coming out. Yeah. I was well. going to say K. But um, so yeah. You um it you do you do it carefully of course but the um for us especially for us to do to jump to make the leap there uh, a lot of reps and uh, a lot of know how on the real estate the in this case proof then yeah proof of concept we've got when you get here you're playing in the big leagues you need everything you, you cannot have um you know you can't overcome some some part of the team that isn't good enough at the very, you know, high end of the With spectrum. a story or right. with a, you know, with an idea. Yeah, even yeah. with collateral. I mean, like the deal guy yeah. can't come in here and, and take this down. No. Um, you need an operator. You need an operator. Yeah. Or you need to hire an operator. In this case, we, we have, uh, I'm very happy with, with the team. It's, it's excellent. It's A+. Plus. Um, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the team because I feel like we, we actually fill that, that last part of it better than anyone and well it, said and it, it's a perfect marriage so um we tackled this one i mean we've we've seen it let's see it's been 30 days and we're coming up on closing next week um i know that sounds like a long time for a lot of well, people hold on real quick let me let me let me just pare it down for a second we're talking about 37 doors 42 42 doors uh condos ground floor retail mm-hmm. in the Within you know within central a drive of the right. central business district you know a, a five iron of the central business district, and then you met these guys thirty days ago, and here we are knocking on the door closing. Right. Okay. That that sounded a little bit rehearsed, but I meant like, damn, you're about to close ten million dollars worth of loan dollars, twenty million dollars worth whatever million dollars worth of collateral in forty days. Right. That's bad. That's yeah, awesome. and it feels good too, but it took uh, seven years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> carefully. Yeah, carefully. <laughs> so I did the same thing that these guys did to prepare for, for this deal. And I'm really looking forward to to the next deals. But um, just to give everyone just a high level look at kind of what I saw as a lender coming into this and, and some of the reasons that we were able to to wrap our, our head around it and, and get it done so quickly and, and efficiently is number one, I, I was ready for it, but also the, the real estate was ready for us. Um, it came in with a site plan. It has the best engineer in town. It's got the best design firm in town. We've got the best developers in town. Um, so it was a perfect storm. And, um, you know, I've, it's, it's, it's a whole nother level of due diligence when, when you're, you're spending weeks on a project versus, mm -hmm. uh, you know, days, but, but then comes the payoff. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, the payoff actually goes a lot deeper than, you know, just us three dudes and the listeners. It, it actually touches the community. I mean, there's this particular thing, 42 doors, ground floor retail. In fact, is it office or retail? Retail. Ah, so we can't office out of there. We can't cut a deal there to, to go and move our place from North Austin to Central Austin. No, but there is a spot in Killeen I know about. <laughs> no, no offense, Killeen. No offense, Colleen. Goodness. Yeah, you guys are killing it over there. Um, anyway, Copper's Cove is the seventh C, I think. Seventh and eighth. We, uh, we're not interested, but dude, great project. Um, yes, it takes, it takes a lot of preparation. It takes a couple of opportunities. It takes kind of just a natural evolution of things. You're never going to get stuck in the same place 
doing the same things unless you've mastered it. And even when you master it, you need to expand and you need to evolve and you need to innovate. That's what you did. That's how we got that deal. That's what these guys did. So these guys didn't start doing that. Uh, they're, right. they're professional developers. Don't get me wrong. They've done it. Right. Yeah. They, they, they've, I mean, I think they've kind of mastered it now. They're taking the next step to, uh, to maximizing their return on investment. They're not taking on equity partners. They found someone who will give them a little bit more debt and juice their it's returns. That's Amen. Right. So yeah, I think they, they, they mastered it too. So those guys are, those Bravo. guys are bosses, man. So let's start landing this sucker. We've been on the, on the air for a few minutes. It's been fun. Uh, shout out to Jameson Irish whiskey. Uh, they keep supplying the goods and keep uh, letting the good times roll. Although we are open to any and all sponsorships. So yes. just hit us up. Yes. Well, and we also paid for this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said we're open oh, to sponsorships. Okay, <laughs> um, shout out to Strangeland. They haven't hit us up with any beer in a while. So Strangeland, guys, I know you're but listening. But we do love we those guys. You. We sure do. Um, yeah. we just, we've been busy with our things. Guys, we're, we're a hard money lending company. We're a private lender in Austin, Texas. We love to do deals all around the state of Texas. Um, we're not the company that says, you know, bring me your best offer and we'll match it. We're the type of company that says, we're going to give you the best deal available for you and for us. Period. The end. Every single time. If we approve your deal, it's a winner. That's the, that's the, the streamlined stamp. If we don't approve your deal, you might want to reconsider. Um, I, I wish I could have rhymed that a little bit, but if you, if we don't approve your deal, you might want to reconsider because we've got a ton of years of experience leading up to this. Chris just said it's taken him seven years to get to a $10 million deal. Mind you, it's taken them 30 days from lead to, to close. But it's taken them seven years to be able to master that. When we were doing the $150,000 deals, we never stopped. We're still doing them and we do them like nobody's business. So we only do the deals that we like and we only do the deals that we know our clients are going to be successful at because we want our clients to continue to come back year over year over year over year over year. If you look at all of our clients, we have a client list. The top 25 clients weren't just one big old deal. It's people who've done a ton of business with us. So that's, it's something that we're, we're proud of, something we'd love to welcome you to the family. Um, but this isn't a podcast to pitch streamline funding. I just I get passionate about what we do because really uh, the, this market is changing and there's going to be a lot of failure coming down the pipe in the next couple of years. You know, you got to get with somebody who cares about your deal and about your relationship. And, and I think you're finding it with guys like us, with Chris. Uh, not so much with Sean, but with Chris. Yeah, definitely not no, with no, Sean. No. <laughs> and, and his team, um, he's got a team of guys who are, you know, passionate about this. Probably, you know, the, the next generation's looking good if we can just find the right people who are doing the best deals. All that said, the evolution of the investor um, is, to use a stupid term, is ever evolving. It, it's like what the evolution, you know, over the last couple of years is going to be different than the evolution of a couple of years from now. But one thing is certain, um, those guys that are doing these big deals, they're either born with it or ready to go. They're saying, I am going to get to that point or they just continue to grow and evolve and innovate. So every one of these guys not only innovates, but they, they plan and they, they, they basically, they prove it. They prove that they could do it, right? They prove that they could do it. They create the financial capacity to take that next risk. Um, but every single one of these guys, the one thing they all have in common is success. They're winners. So if you're a winner, I think we want to talk. Um, any any final words to everybody here, Chris? Make it long so we don't give this guy any time. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, have a good weekend, and everyone that's listening. Number one, I'd like to hear from you guys, war stories, yep. etc. I'm going to be on with 
everyone. It's just me and Sean solo for the next two weeks. What? So make sure if you tune out of this one early enough to not hear this, that you tune in next week and the following week. Yeah, that's likely. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I really appreciate everyone listening and I appreciate what I do. I love what I do. And if anyone has any questions about anything, I'm always up for conversation. How do they get a hold of you, bud? They give me a call at the office, 512-250-8575, www.streamlinefunding.com. Beautiful. No Insta? No? No. No. I mean, find us on all the social media platforms. On the dark web also. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Don't go on the dark web. (laughs) Please don't go on the dark web. Guys, it's been fun. It's it actually has been fun. Sean, uh, appreciate you breaking our balls a little bit. Um, That's what I'm here for. Man. Great job recording this thing. Hopefully, it actually took uh, like unlike the last one. The uh, next they all, time they're all perfect. <laughs> next time you guys hear from us, uh, as Chris said, it's going to be him, Sean, and they're going to be be bringing the fire. I'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about a couple of things. Um, not only has it been fun, man, but I, I continue to to enjoy coming up with new topics to talk about on this show. Today, we talked about community development and how you grow into that role. Uh, Can't wait to see a lot of you guys grow into that role if you're ready. We are absolutely ready, willing, and able to take that risk um, with, you know, in you and with you uh, because we got the confidence that this thing works. So on behalf of all of us at Streamline Funding, I'm Romney Navarro. This is Firestarters. This is Sean. That's Chris. What did we call him? You want chicken? The Colonel. The Colonel. Call the Colonel. Later, guys. That's it for this week's Firestarter Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.